Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than John Henshaw, a longtime website developer and internet strategist, founder and publisher of Koi Wolf, and a serial entrepreneur co-founding the all-in-one SEO and marketing management reporting platform, raventools.com, back in 2004, and he sold it uh, in 2017. So today, John and I discuss his recent article about how to fight the rising cost of GTLDs, leveraging multiple GTLDs to create one brand comprised of many digital assets, when a brand should and should not consider GTLDs, and how overall search marketing will be impacted by domain names and, and GTLDs. So with that, John, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Alvin. Uh, great to be here. Yeah, definitely. So to kick things off and to give a bit of context for our listeners, I recently received an email alert containing uh, an article written by John entitled, Domain Prices Are Unregulated and Rising at an Alarming Rate. Uh, it's a great, quick, and informative read over at KoiWolf.News. And so while that subject matter piqued my interest, I was very interested in learning more about the man behind KoiWolf.News and the KoiWolf brand. So John, Share with the listeners a bit about yourself and who you are, your professional and personal background. Yeah, so like you said, I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, I've been, I would, you guess, say building websites since 95. So I, you know, start off building really ugly websites because that's all that existed <laughs> back then. You've been um, at it a while. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've done just all kinds of things. Uh, I have... I've run a network of window for Windows and, and, and Mac computers uh, at a college. I, I mean, it's just all kinds of random things. I've taught professionally um, computer classes. And, uh, and throughout all that, I uh, ended up uh, landing in Nashville, Tennessee, at a small agency, small boutique agency. And out of that came... I guess what I would consider, you know, my first really big success um, as far as an entrepreneur goes. And that ended up being a software called Raven Tools, which you mentioned earlier. And, uh, and did that for about, I guess, 11 or 12 years. And that was quite an experience. But uh, if you were doing SEO or were a marketing agency, um, I would say, you know, during that time, then you probably have heard of it just because a lot of agencies use it for their reporting. And, and it kind of started off um, with a heavy SEO focus when we first built it. Um, oh. But in March of 2017, uh, sold that uh, to another company and, uh, and then kind of started a whole new chapter <laughs> in my life again. And, and, uh, and so uh, now I'm, I'm just, uh, kind of a combination of um, working for a, a big company, uh, doing a lot of really fun things with huge sites, uh, working with an amazing team, and then um, on, I guess, you know, unfortunately, my, my hobbies are the same thing I do <laughs> for my work. <laughs> well, imagine and, that. And so, so in my downtime, it's, for me, it's Koi Wolf, you know, like, so my downtime, when other people are maybe watching TV, or I don't know, doing some sort of probably 
healthier, different hobby <laughs> than, than what they do uh, for their, their main work, I do the same thing because <laughs> I love it because I'm very much into it. I was going to say, it's not work when you love it. You just do it. It's true. It. It's true. It's, it is very enjoyable. Uh, and it's also less work when you're in complete control. So that's probably part of it. It's, you know, it's one thing when you have to work with um, many teams and other decision makers and that type of thing, which is completely fine with me. Um, but of course, it's really nice when it, you also get to work on something that's just yours and you get to make the decisions on the direction for it and what it's going to be, um, you know, without, without committee. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So then in terms of your um, experience, obviously as an internet strategist, so, I mean, like, how did you, I, I guess, what's your experience? Cause I don't, I don't know that you would consider yourself a domain investor or really a domain developer, but I guess just by sure nature of search marketing, you kind of got involved with domain names. Yeah, it's kind of hard to avoid if you're always sort of, you know, creating your own sites and your own products. Um, and also, uh, when I've done agency work or consulting, been working with somebody else's products. Uh, I'm all, I would also consider myself uh, a strategist. And, and so, you know, it even comes into play there when you're talking with a company about what's their brand going to be and how is that, how's that going to play out online and um, and and even to the point of of sort of what you deal with here, you know, what's the best domain for that? You know, what's the best web presence? Um, you know, do you need to have a .com? You know, can you can you use a generic TLD? You know, those type of things. So um, it's it's hard to avoid domains, <laughs> and if you're doing anything on the internet, and and so you know, I definitely uh, have dabbled in buying domains and selling domains. And uh, in fact, I even had um, probably my first big site that I ever built and, and really poured a lot of energy into, sold that um, and used that money for the down payment on my first home. So, I mean, so I have, I definitely have, oh, nice. um, yeah, so I definitely have experience with um, buying more domains than I need <laughs> <laughs> or will ever use. Uh, we have an addiction. We have a problem. Oh, it's a total addiction. <laughs> I'm not as bad as probably the, the majority of your listeners. Um, uh, I'm definitely more what I would consider to be an amateur domainer for sure. Gotcha. Um, but I, I do fall into that category of, uh, loving to find and buy domains <laughs> and then, and then thinking of something I want to do with them. But, you know, again, like probably most, if not all listeners, I have all these, you know, different domains where I have these great ideas, but I'm never going to find the time to do anything with them. And, and, you know, and I, the best I can hope for is that I might sell it. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So then in terms of, uh, so your article kind of shifting gears here. So, I mean, what inspired you to write about the rising cost of GTLDs? Well, kind of what we we're just talking about where I've been doing this for so long, you know, you, you just kind of see how uh, patterns over time. Mm. Um, and I would say, you know, for the first decade or more of uh, actually more like 15 years or more of just having the kind of original domains the .com, net, org, infos, things were pretty static. I mean, as far as pricing goes, I mean, it's pretty much, it's always been more a concern of which registrar you're using 
because of how much they might be charging and, right. and not a concern that suddenly a price is just going to jump up out of nowhere or that you're going to be charged uh, a, a particular premium price for certain words on a TLD. I mean, it's pretty much .com is .com. And, and you just buy it at whatever value, the same value you buy any .coms typically, uh, you know, from a registrar. So that's, that's how it kind of, you know, used to be. And then we had the generic TLDs come into play, um, the new ones. And, uh, and, and that's been great, at least to somebody like me who um, has these ideas or, you know, has a name I want to use. And I just can't because the only way to get a domain with that particular word or brand in it is to pay $50,000 know, for, for that, for that.com, you know? So for me having the, the new uh, GTLD, especially with extensions that actually relate to the site or service I'm trying to make is really awesome. I mean, it's just, it's just sort of like, finally, I, I have something um, <laughs> that I can use that I wouldn't hate. <laughs> you know? And, and, and so uh, I, I, w I started buying those fairly early things that I thought were interesting. I, I wanted to use. Um, but then I started seeing just prices after a couple years on certain ones just really jump up. I mean, just quadruple or, you know, whatever it might be. And, right. and I, and I think this probably started to happen uh, a lot more like the velocity of this happening probably around 2017. Right. And I think I included that in the articles that, cause I know there were a handful of, of ones that were kind of, uh, started jumping a thousand percent or, you know, something crazy. They're like, yeah, we're just going to up it times 10 times a thousand times, you know, whatever. Yeah. So you're like and, going from like $20 to 2000. Yeah. It's, which is what <laughs> you're just like, can they do that? <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and, and of course they can. And, yeah. and, uh, and they are. And, and so that's very disconcerting <laughs> to, to somebody who, uh, has developed their brand around something and they're building the site and they um, find this domain on one of the new GTLDs that they, that they really like and really fit. And then they start, um, uh, you know, people start mentioning them and linking to that domain and all the rest of the stuff. And then to find out at the next renewal, it's going to cost a hundred times more is a bit jarring. And, and the thing is, is the registrars have, have no control over this. And, and so um, all the registrars can do is basically say, sorry, it costs this much now because the owner of that, you know, extension just felt like they're going to raise the price now. Um, so, so I think this is pretty concerning. And, and I guess the catalyst for that article, the, the one that you referenced that I wrote on Coil of News is um, because of the most recent uh, sort of event with .org and it being sold right. to a private equity firm because we've all heard before when when some when somebody comes in who is not exactly the type of owner you'd want to have for something like this um, and they say oh we have no plans we have no immediate plans to raise the price or whatever <laughs> um, you're like okay so what you're saying is you're buying a couple years here until right. you actually decide to 
screw everybody over <laughs> and, and, and reap your profit because that's obviously why you bought it. Um, and then I think that coupled with uh, this whole thing where I can apparently um, uh, also kind of, it's almost in conjunction with what it looks like, you know, at least what I read online timeline wise, that I can essentially said, hey, and we're not going to regulate the price for this. So not only can .org be owned by a private equity firm, which of course exists to only make money, right. um, but we're not going to regulate what you can even charge anyways. And I, so it's just, it's really, uh, I think it's okay to say in this case, because it, it definitely feels this way. It's very anti-consumer sort of direction Correct. that things are going. And, uh, and so if you couple all that stuff together, that's it's a really bad place <laughs> for for everybody else to be in um, to have no certainty on what the price of your domain is going to be at any given renewal period, you know. And and so um, and, and to kind of jump forward yeah. with that particular article, I, I basically was just like, uh, if I guess this means the only option you really have is to just register it for as long as you can, which has essentially been what I've been doing the past two to three years. I've, I've, you know, there are some uh, domains that I've purchased that I've, that maybe don't have the value um, that I think they will have in the future, but I'm pretty sure they will. And so um, obviously, which I won't say <laughs> the ones I <laughs> bought, but I have bought some domains that I think are going to be very valuable um, he doesn't is, want any competition. <laughs> right, no competition, please. <laughs> Don't target me. Um, uh, but but they're the type of domains where um, I think it'll be valuable enough where I could either build something out myself or somebody's been, going to want to buy it. Right. And when the extension owner realizes that that's a, what, of course, they call now premium <laughs> domain – um, I, I fully expect for them to gouge the price. So right. my only way to fight that is to keep it registered, you know, up to 10 years out. Wow. So you're, so you're okay. So that's interesting. So you're combating the, the possibility of a price increase. So if anything, the price will only increase or has a possibility of increasing. If it does, then pretty much at the, at the decade milestone. Right, because I think what has been done – I'm making an assumption here, but I'm, I'm sure the assumption is – I really think the assumption is probably true – that most domainers have been able to get by, particularly because domainers um, uh, focus heavily on dot-coms. They've been able to get by with just renewing it when it's time to renew it. No big deal. It's always going to cost me 8 bucks or 10 bucks or whoever, you know, whatever you're using. Right. Um, and I think that – um, that might still be true for .com today. I don't think that that is uh, a good um, way to go about it for right. for domains you actually think have true value and and or could be very valuable in the near future. I, I don't I don't think that you can rely on that anymore because I, I think there's going to be a lot of surprises that are that are going to hit you, particularly with the new GTLDs when you start seeing these auto renews for, you know, that are a hundred or a thousand percent more than they were the previous year. Wow. And so, and, and I go, I mean, I think I go, I take that same advice and just go, you know, in general, regardless of the extension, 
Uh, like you said, I mean, because with how things are changing, anything could happen. Um, and you want to have that rate locked in because I think, uh, what was it, .NET, it, it had an increase, uh, although it was a dollar, but still. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that we can handle. <laughs> we can right. handle the dollar. But, it, but it's yeah. one of those that we have to really begin to question, is that the proverbial frog in the frying pan that, you, you know, you're slowly turning up the heat and you don't realize it until, you know, we're decades out. Um, obviously, as opposed to GTLTs, if you go from 20 to 2000, I mean, that's, that's more like, hey, we just torched you. We didn't right. even, we didn't, would <laughs> we didn't actually, even bother yes, putting you in the pan. Totally. That exactly. And, and especially if you're doing them um, in, in large numbers. And right. again, the domainers who are listening are, you know, they'll be familiar with that just with the dot coms that they own. You know, it's like imagine if you if uh, you had invested in a bunch of dot blogs or, you know, just whatever ones that have become fairly popular um, and you had hundreds or thousands of them. And then overnight, they quadrupled in price. Right. I mean, that's 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 hard to sustain. Definitely. Unless you just have endless money <laughs> and, you think that's, and you think that's worth your investment. But Now, one of the problems, and I don't know if you've encountered this or not, or even, you know, you've likely given thought to it is, so, you know, obviously you start using this uh, domain and like you said, I mean, you start linking to it, but even that, it makes me uh, just start considering like email, you know, you build this domain, you your email's on it, and then, hey, we've gone from $400 to $10,000. And right. people are right. associated to sending you mail. Um, so, I mean, that's a, I mean, that is truly disruptive just outside the domain name itself of being able to host a website. It's like, well, no, like if we're doing, like you've stopped us in our tracks. Right. You thought that you had, you know, some decent control on your own domain just for email, just for communication. Um, and you may not. And, and it's funny you brought that up because after I wrote that article, after I published it, I, I had the same thought and I immediately went and because uh, I have a dot me for my for my personal email and I use it for everything and everybody uses it in my family. Um, and so I immediately went and registered it for 10 years. <laughs> it was like, that was one I always just kind of left as an auto renew, you know, each year. Right. You know what? This would be bad. I had the exact same thought that you just basically said. <laughs> no, that and, and that's you know, and I and I guess it goes and it could it could happen on any extension, but likely is the case. Like you said, I mean, it's we we're seeing it happen with uh, GTLDs, and so uh, that's interesting. I think in, in terms of um, what what probably struck me the the most, obviously, I'm I'm kind of. Um, in the industry. So I understand the news, been kind of watching um, and seeing these happen over the past three to four years of price increases, people get mad. Um, some, you know, some, uh, some registries back down, some registrars basically stop, uh, drop registries in some cases until uh, they can come to, you know, an amicable, amicable agreement on, you know, what the price should be. Right. Um, but what's interesting to what was more interesting to me was in the article, I think you referenced, um, obviously here it is. It's an article about fighting the rising cost of GTLDs, but then I look and I go, wait a minute, this is on Koi Wolf dot news, which the dot news right. is GTLD, but then right. even in there, I think you, you mentioned that you had other, I think it was like dot pro, um, or something right. or another. And right. so, but, but so tell me then in terms of 
that decision of saying, hey, I'm going to take this project, Koi Wolf, and I'm going to actually leverage um, a new GTLD. I like, what was the thought process? What kind of spurred this? this oh, there's a lot of thought processes around that. So uh, for those who are listening, if you go to one of those Koi Wolf's uh, domains, it, it all looks like the same site. And so, for example, um, you know, you were just saying I have a dot coilf.pro, I have coilf.news, I have uh, coilf.community, um, I have others um, that I'll be introducing pretty soon too, um, including coilf.app because I'm making an app. Um, huh. But but if you're looking at the site, what you see in the main nav is pro, news, and community. And if right. you click on on each one, it looks like you're just going to a new section, but you're actually going to a completely different domain. Um, and, and so, so what, you know, why am I doing this? Um, partly cause maybe I'm a little crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, a, a lot of, of what coil is about for me is, uh, experimentation. I mean, a big part of it is for learning and providing, you know, resources and stuff, but it, but a, another big part of it is it's my playground. It's my, I'm a very curious person. Uh, when it comes to technology and particularly as it relates to the internet. Um, and, and I like to do things and play around with things that I haven't seen anybody else do. Uh. And so uh, I haven't seen anybody go and, and use all these different domains literally. So that when you uh, like another one, I'm working on is co-op.reviews, you know, so it's basically, when you go to the review section of view site, it's a review site. It's its own property. Um, and, and so aside from the fact that nobody's done it. And so therefore I want to do it <laughs> just to see, you know, what would that be like? Um, there are several things I like about it, which, uh, and it has a lot of potential to actually do really well. The, the general rule, um, is, is that you pick a domain, you build all your stuff on top of it, and from an SEO perspective, that's great because you just keep um, building up that particular site. And as more people uh, mention that site and link to that site and visit the site, then it will um, hopefully start to get better visibility and search traffic. You know, at least that's what I care about because I'm, I'm a search guy. Right. Um, and, and so the idea of splitting up things into multiple properties is generally not the strategy you want to take. Um, but <laughs> I wanted to see what, what it would look like in the long run if I, if I made multiple properties. And the, and the way I think of this is, okay, you could start building one house and just stick with that house, and you might end up with a really big house, but you still only have one house. Um, and, and I'm interested in this idea around, I'm going to start building four or five houses and build them up kind of independently. And, and they're, they're all probably going to be different sizes along the way. Um, but they could end up being potentially sold to somebody else, or it could, or, you know, it could have, it could spin into something different, or I could take it away from that whole sort of section of that main coil thing and make it its own thing. You know, the coil app could become its own thing. Um, the reviews could become something completely different. So I just, I like this idea of investing in multiple properties um, and, and, and just discovering where it's going to go and, and how those are going to perform together. That just really intrigues me. 
Um, there are technical things that go along with it. Um, the fact that they're all on their own domains um, mean that they can have their own technology stack behind it. And, and nice. they do. So some have WordPress, some are on AWS, uh, some are on Discourse. And, and so they all kind of, um, you know, rely on themselves as opposed to this whole entire thing meaning there's no single point of failure. So if, if one of them goes down, the rest of the sections within sort of that branded experience uh, remains up. So I kind of like that idea um, too, this, this, this idea that other things aren't dependent on each other. Um, I like it because it's fun to me. I mean, I like it because it's kind of <laughs> cool to me to, yeah, you know what? When you go to the news site, it's coilf.news. And when you and and when you go to the review site, which I'm I'm working on right now, it's coilf.reviews. And um, so that's just kind of a interesting sort of experiment um, with brand play on these GTLDs as opposed to just one thing. Um, at this point, listeners are probably thinking, why don't you just use subdomains, John? <laughs> you know, on, on one domain. And it's like, cause that's boring. That's been done. I, you know, like, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, I'm doing this because it's different. I'm doing it because uh, I don't know what's going to happen from it. You know, I don't, I don't think anything bad's going to happen. Um, right. I'm obviously very careful about everything I do to stay within Google's guidelines and all the rest of that stuff. You know, I'm not doing anything bad. Um, but uh, I, I really think that the, the, you know what what I will end up getting from this is will make it worth uh, doing, uh, whether it's something I learn or the fact that I just benefit it benefit from it in general. I can tell you that there is one thing I've already seen, which is also part of the plan, but it's one thing I've already seen where I'm able to benefit from it, which is in the search results. So huh. if I am if the brand experience is actually powered, by all different properties. Well, those properties get to perform independent of each other in search results. And so what that means is it's a new way, at least right now, to even just own my brand around certain things. So because this is pretty new, I mean, if you type in Koi Wolf, which is, which is essentially a, a hybrid of a, of a wolf and coyote that, that is in North America, that's what that's based off of. That's kind of what you're going to get when you just search for Koi Wolf. Right. But if you search for Koi Wolf as it relates to um, the, the topics and things that I cover, then what ends up happening is, is not only do I own that, but I, but I end up having multiple results in that result. And so if you were to search for something like Koi Wolf and SEO uh, right. together, you're likely going to get multiple results for .news and .pro. Yep. Um, and, yep. and they're all relevant. It's not because Google's broken. It's not because I've somehow um, <laughs> tricked the system in a sense. It's, it's because I've made these things relevant. I made them relevant with my brand. Um, and, and the content is good and the site is fast um, and it fits the search result. And it happens to be that right now I have two distinct properties that fit that query. Uh, and, and so um, to me, that's like an, uh, uh, that's one of the first and immediate benefits I started to see from this. I would expect that over time, um, as an example, if let's say I review um, a product or service on Coralf.reviews, 
And let's say that I also wrote a legit news article on that company and that product, just something they released something or something newsworthy that occurred and I wanted to publish something about it. So that's been done. And then let's also say that I have written something on Core of Pro, which is all behind the wall kind of long form content for subscribers. Um, but I have enough um, on the page, you know, where where Google can still read certain things before I get into the, you know, the guts of it that also relates to that thing that I wrote that news article on and did a review on. Um, it is possible then at some point in the future that somebody searches, has a particular query that includes that product or service, and I could have .reviews, .news, and .pro show up, and they would all be relevant and accurate, and it wouldn't be spammy because it, it would be targeted and relevant to the searcher's query and intent. Um, and they're all three different properties, and they all are approaching that topic from a different angle, um, but happen to be relevant. So it's a hypothetical, <laughs> but it is it's something that could happen. It's, you know, it's, it's one thing, like I just described before, where it's a, it's a form of, of sort of controlling your own brand in the search right. results, but it could go way further, which is actually being highly relevant for other search queries unrelated to your brand, where multiple properties could actually um, uh, fit that search. And so you kind of end up owning a huge portion of that first page search space because you manage all these different GTLDs that approach it from different perspectives. And I'm assuming that that could also work, I guess, using a subdomain if you were on a single .com. And no, no, it couldn't. Uh, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I mean, it technically can. I mean, right. like, like, yes, it technically can, but the likelihood of that is lower. Right. And that's because... Google treats subdomains as part of the main domain. Ah. So, so, and this has changed over the years. They've kind of gone back and forth um, where there's been uh, times where Google treated subdomains as really just their own property. And there've been times when they've been kind of said, you know, this is all kind of related. Uh, we see this really just being part of the main domain. And, and as of today, they're back to treating subdomains as as being uh more like a subfolder of the main domain than it than it being its own property ah uh, okay it's it's not one-to-one -one like that but it's the point being that they they see a very strong relationship between the two um and treat it as really just sort of an extension of the same domain yeah. versus what i'm talking about which is everything is a true unique individual property because it has its own gtld right now and in that case i mean it has its own gtld now that i'm assuming then it has its own ip address since that yes all that yeah i mean it's a unique it's everything is unique yeah it can be hosted on a completely different platform i mean it's its own thing Hmm. so then that, that brings us to an interesting case then and so of course obviously uh, for instance, I myself, I mean, I own a handful of GTLDs. I mean, uh, for instance, uh, I own AustinSEOServices.com, and I also own AustinSEO.Services. Now, that being said, you know, I go, it brings us to the point of, well, when should a brand consider or should not consider, you know, using a GTLD? 
Well, I mean, this will be up for much debate. <laughs> and and probably what I'm about to say, there will probably be listeners going like that idiot. I can't believe he even thinks that, you know, or that's not true. I have, you know, whatever. So that's my preface <laughs> to, before I say what I'm about to say is is I understand we may not agree. <laughs> um, so so with that being said, I I think that there was a good argument in the earlier years of, of GTLDs, particularly from domainers, that, you know what, .com is better or .org is better because people are more familiar with it. Um, they're going to trust it more. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that there was some truth to the argument early on. I don't think that argument really holds as much water anymore. Um, I think the argument also continues to be used because it's in the best interest of domainers who, in particular, focus on dot coms, uh, because there's so much money to be made or lost, <laughs> depending on whether you think using a GTLD is the way to go or not. Um, a right. new GTLD, you know, and and so, so I, I think the argument from people um, who who do that for a living to say that dot com is still the best way to go and this is what you want to do and you know would never consider whatever and it's totally worth you giving me tens of thousands of dollars for my dot com. Um, I think that argument is weaker now. I don't think it's as strong. It, it 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 is it is strong in a handful of cases um, where you know I think we can agree that booking.com is pretty good. Right. <laughs> as opposed to you know whatever dot booking you know i mean I, I think we can agree that in some cases like that where they're just super premium and awesome and easy to remember um and it's a known quantity that that's probably worth whatever it is somebody paid for to get that but i think for everybody else for all of the small medium and even large businesses that are you know really wanting to use a particular brand um, and want to you know launch their website and do whatever. I don't think you have to have a .com for that. I, I don't think that's as important as it used to be. Uh, I think that enough time has passed that uh, consumers aren't afraid of them as much anymore. Um, especially even as they see, I would say Google uses them now. I mean, Google uses their own domain. They, they it's. They use a, their own TLDs now, as opposed to just like Google.com on some, some things that they use. And, and so I think it's more commonplace. I don't think it's as jarring. Um, I would say in conjunction with that, and this is just because, you know, your specialty is domains. My specialty is Google. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I just am always focused on what are they up to now today? <laughs> um, and, and that is that there is a movement um, particularly by Google, to de-emphasize the domain, um, and 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 instead uh, to to be pushing more towards the brand and whether or not that site is trusted, as Google understands that site, hmm. and and so they have talked about uh, doing away with even showing the domain in their search results. Right, and I think they've already tested this. Uh, so I mean, they're basically. You know, it's a huge game changer to probably both of us, you know, right. for that to happen from from both being an SEO or a domainer. It's a huge game changer. 
um, if that ends up being the direction they go. And, and if they do, then then the argument that you have to have a .com is, becomes really weak um, because it ends up being more about um, the brand, the brand outside of simply just the domain. Um, and, and it becomes more about are you, does your site and web presence send the signals, the correct signals to Google for trust and quality um, and, and enough for them to want to present you on the first page of the results as opposed to page 1000. Interesting. So then, and so I guess then, you know, when we, when we, when I hear something like that to where I go, the emphasizing the domain name, then obviously, you know, when I start thinking about, let's say local businesses, for instance. So if we look at like real estate agents or maybe even attorneys, I mean, only one person can have austinattorney.com. Um, right. And, and, and the, the interesting thing about even that example is there are 14 cities in the U.S. named Austin. So that's not even referring to Austin, Texas in and of itself. So we look at that example of austin.attorney, I mean, austinattorney.com. That's already taken, that's out, out of the market. Then to me, it does make sense that a brand or an attorney should want to consider austin.attorney. Yes, I, it makes absolute sense to me, for sure. I mean, I, I would agree with that statement. Um, and, and, and so you have to think about, it's one thing to have one of those few domains that is one word and people are going to you know, say it or type it with .com. You know? I mean, it's just going to be something they're going to not even look up. They're just going to be direct traffic and go there. But that's, but that's more on the rare side. Um, and and so when you're when you're thinking of Austin attorney, um, is the person who has the perfect domain for that the best result just because they own the domain? I think that that we can agree that the answer is no. That doesn't mean that they're the best result. And right. Google knows that it doesn't mean they're the best result. And so Google is more interested in giving what it thinks are the best results for Austin attorney, which opens up a whole rabbit hole. I'm just going to mention it, but we probably, <laughs> there's no way we'll have time to even talk about this, but this is a rabbit hole in my world, um, which is uh, Google is actually getting away from websites in general when it comes to a local business. So Wait, what? Say that again? <laughs> You're like, say it again because... I don't know if I could process this. Um, no they, are get, they, they are getting to a place where, where having a domain and a website is secondary to what they really need to decide whether or not you're the best result to huh. deliver to the user. And, and so, How so? I, I, well, I, I know um, uh, uh, probably most of the, the people who are experts in local SEO um, and they have basically all said that if they had to make a choice between do I set a customer up on Google My Business or do I set up my customer's website, the, the first place they're going to go is Google My Business. Um, and Google My Business has 
so many features in it now and the way that Google uses it in their search results for local results that it outperforms and outranks and meaning it gives preference and higher visibility in the search result than the actual website. So uh, so if, if you had a choice to go one or the other, the person who goes the website route and has their domain is likely going to lose out because uh, Google is going to show their local pack is what they call it um, above and ahead of the actual websites that might match that search query. And so that is a good example of your domain does not matter. <laughs> what matters is, are you sending the right signals to Google in the, in the ways that they have set up um, to basically say that I'm the most relevant result for this search that somebody's doing. Hmm. Um, not the fact that I happen to have austinattorney.com. They care. I would, I would almost go as far as to say that they don't care at all <laughs> that, that you have that domain. So it might be nice on a billboard. It might right. be nice in your marketing. It might be nice because somebody can remember it. So you might get direct traffic from that. It might even be nice if they saw it in a search result because people like seeing something like that, austinattorney.com. But that's, what not, that's not what they're seeing. If we're talking about Google, if we're talking about Google Assistant, if we're talking about you know voice, right. or if we're talking about mobile results and where things are, it's all about Google My Business. It's not about AustinAttorney.com. Interesting. So then, because the and I, I can hear the listeners right now. I can hear them somebody on just my rode, drove off the street. I mean, they just, they <laughs> rammed into a wall right now. <laughs> exactly. But then, so I hear the argument, or I hear the question is: so by going with Google My Business, to me that's uh, and you're solely using Google My Business, or even Facebook at that matter solely using that no website that seems rather risky uh it's only it's only it's not risky in the sense of if that's where everybody is and google has a monopoly on these searches and they control it it's 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 not risky it's only risky when it becomes risky it's 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 i so could you lose i guess and i guess the question is or it makes me think back to like thanksgiving day Facebook, Instagram down. Uh, if you're solely using only, you know, either one of those solely as your business presence, you're down, you're down in the water. Now, the, obviously the same thing could be said, uh, hey, about a website, your hosting goes down, you're down in the water. Obviously you could um, likely spin up another site, you know, with another host or whatever. Great. But it seems, it seems to me is, is one of those things of, putting all my eggs into the one basket. Yeah, that's where everybody is, but it it's kind of like, I can't get over the fact of a business just going, we're only going to use Google My Business and not even, you know, do It's, it's mind-blowing. It's yeah. mind-blowing. Um, yeah. And I completely agree. And, and that's why I said, if I only had the choice to do one <laughs> or the other. So, right. so I, I, it still blows my mind that any business would not have their own website with their own domain. I mean, in other words, like I would never recommend that. But <laughs> what I am saying is that if I had to choose between one, the best choice is not to have a website and a domain. The best choice is to, is to give into Google <laughs> and, and completely optimize the crap out of Google, my business, which there are plenty of things you can do there because if your main source of traffic is from people 
get in on their phone and searching via, uh, you know, uh, Google Maps, um, the Google app, google.com, whatever, the best visibility you're going to get for your business is not your website. It's going to be the local pack, which is powered by Google My Business, because that's what the user is going to see first. And that is the thing that gets the most visibility in them and is, has the most interaction because Google doesn't want people leaving Google. They, they want you staying there um, and they want you to have the search experience on Google and to find what you need there and never leave there. It's very akin to early AOL days <laughs> where <laughs> AOL, AOL was a walled garden um, and they wanted you to stay in AOL. And then they eventually almost begrudgingly added, um, you know, the ability to first they had an in-app browser and then they eventually let you just use the internet connection through dial-up to, that's just how I'm, I'm aging myself right now, but um, <laughs> to, to be able to use that browser. But, but I can tell you for somebody who's been doing this for over two decades, um, uh, Google's absolutely moving towards you being on Google. They do, they're doing it across the board with everything, including YouTube. They've even done things on YouTube where you used to be able to do things that would take the user off site to your site. And they've done away with those. Um, because it's all they don't make money if you leave them. I mean, they sort of do if your content is running Google ads on your site and AdSense, but beyond that, they don't, um, you know, they're losing money when you leave a Google property. And, and so they're doing everything they can to try to give you the answers you need there so you don't have to leave. Interesting. So then, I mean, so I'm sitting here thinking to myself going, okay. If, if all of this is the case, and it definitely appears to be that it is, uh, with a lot of different indicators pointing to it, then, you know, when I hear you say, well, it really doesn't matter about the domain, then it kind of goes, okay, if I'm a business owner or, or someone with a business idea and I'm about to go out and launch a business, uh, let's just say it's an online brand, um, you know, if I'm about to launch, like, I'm just kind of stuck at going, well, do I just get a, a .com or do I go after, you know, one of these new GTLDs? I mean, it, so if it, my if it doesn't really matter, it's like, so okay, we well, were, we, we were just talking about local. And, right. and so, the, you know, we're, this is more, that's more around retail and somebody seeking an attorney in a city or whatever. I mean, that's like, Correct. and by the way, I'm not a local SEO. Uh, so, I mean, there's, if a local SEO person hears this it might be oh john like you <laughs> you really belittled the situation or you don't understand what's going on i'd be like yeah i agree <laughs> like, i don't that's not where i spent my time i just I, I have many friends and acquaintances that that that's what they specialize in i you know i pick up on things and i ask them questions so that's that's the limit of my knowledge there but if we're talking about um something that is not local something that is truly an on, a, a brand online, something that is not tied to a city. Right. Um, so something uh, like or, Koi, you know, Koi Wolf. Right, right, right. I mean, it's just a general online presence. That's it's worldwide. Even you know, it's it's right. it's not you know the thing we were just talking about. Then, I I can tell you from tons of experimentation that Google could care less what your extension is. Um, gotcha. it, whether it's .com or it's .pro, they don't care. 
um, I, I, they care about um, signals. They care about trust and quality. They, they care about the things that um, essentially verify to them that um, you are a trusted entity. This is, this is a site that is not spammy. Um, it is a site that has that answers questions, um, has the type of content that people are looking for. Um, it, it has a good user experience when people, meaning when people get there, um, they, there aren't any data to, they aren't thrown a bunch of spam and, and interstitials, but they can actually read the content on the page. Um, <laughs> it's not trying to, uh, do crypto mining <laughs> through the browser. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I'm just saying like, there's essentially you're, you've, you've done all the things that you need to do to, uh, get them to trust you and consider you to be the most relevant, um, page online for a particular search query. And that has nothing to do with your domain anymore. Right. And, and so, you know, for most people that, you know, you probably just made someone else drive off the road again. Right, right, going, no, if you're a domain investor, you know. already from listening to this. <laughs> so <laughs> you, anger or some other. <laughs> so, you know, you look and say from a domain investor standpoint, domain investors going, no, John, the, the, the value is found in the domain itself there is only you know the domain itself has this uh this base value and anything you develop on top of that it's just icing on the cake and i would say that um the only value that a good .com domain can bring is uh i, I think it can be good for branding right and in some circumstances depending on what it is um it, Again, I, I, I don't know why I'm using booking.com. You know, that's, that's probably even better examples. But there, in some cases, there are very short domains, single word domains around certain things where, you know what? Yeah, that's probably the best one to go with. But in the grand scheme of things, and for most people and most businesses, it really isn't. Um, you really don't need it. Um, it's okay to have a dot agency. You know, it's okay to have dot press. It's okay right. to have dot news. It's okay to, you know, whatever. Um, for, I would say, most business types, um, having that versus have, having to have that dot com, um, you're going to see no difference in your ability to perform in search because Google doesn't, doesn't care. They gotcha. don't care about that. Gotcha. Now, what would you say to, you know, because I also hear, hear a little, some more chirping back here going, hey, but what about, you know, going with the new GTLDs and what's the whole story behind, hey, you're possibly leaking tra traffic back to the matching.com? I, I, again, I just, I think that's on the rare side. That's, I don't have any data to back this up, so I mean, I'm only giving my opinion, and I could be wrong. <laughs> um, obviously, I don't think I am, <laughs> but that what what that argument is saying is that there are there's a certain amount of people who are going to do direct traffic brand searches, and and so if you are Netflix, 
you probably need your dot com. Um, if, uh, you know, I'll use a completely different one, which is, this is almost like not branded, but even though it is part of the brand, you know, it's cars.com, right? I mean, so, I mean, there, so there are certain things where somebody might sit down and be like, I'm interested in cars. I think I'll type cars.com. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, like that's probably a pretty good domain to have because in any given day, whether or not you've built your brand around being cars.com, somebody's going to type cars.com thinking that that's a smart thing to do to find information as opposed to what I think is really going on for most people, which is they go to Google, they type in the search intent. It's all about search intent. It's not about domain and it's not. And I don't think that most people are going to their computer and typing in some word plus.com. I just don't see that being what people do today. If perhaps maybe they did it in the past. Um, I think the majority of people do searches and when they do searches, they search for a particular thing, an explanation, a how-to or whatever it might be. They look at, whatever Google gives them and they click on the thing that seems to make the most sense. That looks like it matches their search intent right? Um, the, or the intent of their search. And, and so I'm horribly biased obviously because I'm an SEO. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just stuck in this. I mean, like that's, <laughs> it's the world I live in and see day in and day out. Um, but what I do know is, is that most people use the search engine. The search engine that most people use is Google and the searches they do, um, uh, you know, they're not typing in whatever.com. They're, they're asking a question. They're, they're throwing in keywords. And, and in fact, if anything has changed over time, the searches have become longer and as right. opposed to people just picking a word out of thin air and typing dot, that plus.com. What's actually happening is people are doing really long searches. They're just typing in all these different words. Um, because Google has gotten really good at um, being able to understand what they're actually looking for, the more that a user, you know, a searcher gives to them. And searchers have also um, have learned over time just naturally that the more they give to the search query, the more refined of a result they get. Nice. So then, so then knowing all of that in the intent of search and going, hey, if they're um, not to say that there's no value, but lessened value. If there's going to be value to be had, obviously it's in the intent of search or the content, um, you know, marketing or strategy. Then where does this leave domains, you know, knowing that there's voice search, knowing that there's folks just typing in with the intent of search, like long-term, where do you see this leaving domains, whether they're .com or GTLDs? So I mean, this is just a big guess on my part. I mean, meaning you know, this again, this isn't my world, right? <laughs> so, um, and and whoever's fuming out there, some of the things I said, just just remember, it's a break. Could be wrong. It's not my world. <laughs> I'm only Pull talking over. about the SEO world, and I could be wrong about your world. <laughs> um, so so with that being said, I like you know, I always feel like I need to give prefaces just so people don't try to seek me out and <laughs> disclaimer, um, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> Um, oh, that's and, and, and that is, I, th I think that you're always going to have a small percentage of domains that will truly, of .com domains that will truly have value, that will retain 
a significant amount of value. And what I mean by that is are worth a million dollars, are worth ten thousand right. dollars, are worth a hundred thousand dollars. That's I don't like, think that's like, going to go away. Yeah, like voice.com being worth thirty million. Right. So so or or even just the fact that it's worth it to somebody. Right. You know what I mean? In other words, it's my brand. I really want it. Um, I can't force it. it from you because it's a common word, but it's my brand, right. you know, so I will pay you. It's, it's kind of like the Tesla thing. Tesla, they paid millions, like $11 million to get that. And it took forever. But so, so that will always exist. That's, that won't go away. So more power to the people who have those kick-ass domains. <laughs> um, but on the flip side, I think it's going to devalue the rest of them. And so, and so if, uh, again, I don't live in this world, so I don't even know what the trends are or what things look like, but my guess would be there's a downward trend on the value of dot-coms because of GTLDs, because people are learning that they could just go with one of the new GTLDs um, at face price value or at a lower price um, that somebody might be selling it at. Um, and, and so that's my that's my guess. That's my assumption is that moving now and moving forward, um, the dot coms that are outside of what we talked about before are going to not be able to get the same type of prices maybe they could have gotten in the past. Gotcha. Yeah, because it kind of seems to me like uh, GTLDs, at least some of them, pricing wise, because obviously. I mean, you have registries that, you know, they may hold back certain premium uh, listings, but then outside of those listings, if you're competing with the, like you said, the unregulated rising of, of cost, then to a certain extent, it's kind of like, well, likely is the case, most are not going to invest in those domains, which leaves them open for a business to go, you know what, $89 a pop, eh, I'll go ahead and pay, well, you know, almost $900 uh, in fees to reserve this given domain for a 10 year period. Right. Um, and so when you start, which is my at, own strategy, which is my own strategy. Yep. Right. And you start looking at that and you go, okay, $900 versus do I want to go pay, uh, I guess 3,500 or 4,000 for a com? pay that one time fee. And then obviously the renewals are the renewals underneath that. But you know, that's you a hard one though. I need a higher price. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if the difference was nine hundred dollars versus thirty five hundred dollars plus ten dollars every additional year, I might pay the thirty five hundred. But but if it was ten grand or or more versus having to spend a thousand, then I then I would consider the new GTLD. Exactly, and so and and that's exactly the point that I was getting. And it's like there is a window that you have to really, you know, that it starts to tip one way or the other in terms of what you're willing to spend or do the, you know, the cost outlay. Cause to a certain extent, I mean, you start looking and going, okay, the average, uh, what business probably only sees, I would imagine a small business probably sees maybe 20 years at best life lifetime. If you look and go, most small businesses make it, they may make 20 years. I think it's if they're lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, most of them don't make it three years, but yeah. And so, you know, you kind of got to do that cost outlay to go, okay, uh, $1,800 over 20 years, or am I going to pay, pay that one time for that .com and still have, you know, I mean, it's it's probably still that same, I would imagine $200 plus whatever it was, $4,000. Uh, but, but either way, you got to do the math 
over yep. the long haul to go, which does it make sense for me to do? Well, the example you're giving is around the individual, the actual company. And Correct. that's, and so that's a one-time purchase. And, and, you know, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, what, what's it worth to them? But if we are thinking about domainers and, and I, you know, to go f- full circle of this conversation, why you even, you know, reached out to me was, you know, because of that article, uh, it, you know, it comes down, it really comes back to, uh, you know, what's, what's the value of .com today? Is the marketplace the same? Uh, is or are GT, the new GTLDs um, driving the value and the importance of .coms down? Um, and then in addition to that, if, if you are a domainer who is now collecting, this is probably the biggest issue, you know, the, the, to go full circle. If you are a domainer who actually has, in addition or moved on to the new G- GTLDs, because it's a whole new opportunity for you, um, then, you know, how, how do you tackle uh, a situation where unlike .com, these new ones could cost who knows what the following year. And so is it worth it to you to do that? And if you do that, is your new strategy that you also have to register them many years in advance? I mean, that's uh, everything I just said got made it all really complicated, but <laughs> what I was trying to kind of, you know, bring it back full circle. Cause it's right. like, you know, what you're talking about, I, I think is really interesting, which is um, it's about how should .com price <laughs> their things be, when they're competing against these new GTLDs. And then there's a whole other issue, which is like, what does the domainer do who is now in the, the new GTLD market? Right. Um, but their prices could go up at any moment, uh, which is not and hasn't been the case of .com at least yet. And then does it make sense, you know, because you look at it, you go, most people are are willing to, you know, they probably don't even blink an eye to register a .com for a year. And no, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll look at it, they'll review it at the end of that year. Ah, we'll probably leave it on auto renew and that's that. But yep. to really have to sit down and do the math as an investor to say, I'm going to spend, let's just say $89 a year. And the other side of that is, I don't even know if this thing can sell. Now, obviously you, you, there's always going to be the case that someone's going to be overly confident and they can sell anything, you know, great congratulations you can sell anything but the average investor is you know when i think about it i go man they're not likely to go hold an 89 dollar domain when right. they could probably go and get you know seven to eight domains uh a dot com domains that probably have a better chance of selling versus holding that one you know over that 10-year period now i could be Agreed. wrong no no i th- i think i think the status quo is the least risky, which status quo being the way it's been you know, forever, right. you know, even before the new GLT, GDLDs. Um, I think that, you know, the, the, the issue, the core issue of what we sort of are talking about right. is how do the new GTLDs affect the status quo? And does it, you know, how do you even approach it if, uh, financially, it's uncertain. Um, mean, and what I mean by that is, uh, and we kind of touched this, I think, earlier in our conversation. I can own or have registered 
just huge amount of dot coms and I always know what the price is going to be. And the worst case scenario, at least historically, is that it's going to cost me a dollar more per domain. But with the new GTLDs, it's probably not wise to take the same approach because they all vary in price. <laughs> and at any given time, uh, the owner of that TLD could raise that price significantly. And then it's sort of like, oh, now what do I do? And it ends up making it so that you can't manage things in mass. I'm not a domainer, so I don't have to worry about it. Meaning, you know, I'm not I'm not dealing with thousands or tens of thousands or whatever, you know, right. um, somebody is managing. Um, but, uh, you know, that's I don't think the new GTLDs are manageable in that same way that uh, .net, .com, .info, .org have been managed, um, you know, up to this day. I, I think that um, there's pro you would probably have to take a different approach to it. Uh, if you don't want to lose your pants, right? You know, and 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 these rising costs. Exactly, and it's not to say that it's impossible. But what 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 I do, at least, and correct me if I'm incorrect here. What I do, at least, hear you saying is, it's not that it's impossible, but you won't be using the same sort of strategy that you did once before with legacy. Yeah, I don't think so. I know I wouldn't. Um, I think that that that's actually would be incredibly risky to apply the same approach you apply to the sort of the original uh, TLDs that you would to the new ones, um, simply from a financial standpoint. Gotcha. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I can't remember if, if I included this in the article or not, but my approach being a non-domainer is, even though I've, I, I dabble in it here and there with a couple of things, um, has simply been to be more strategic strategic on an individual level as in i'm going after a certain topic or a certain word or a certain you know whatever area category and i'm not registering a hundred you know i'm i'm literally like oh i got this one now i'm gonna hold on to it like i think this is it's i think i it's like what i said early in this in this conversation um there are a couple that i you know had purchased um, they are on the, I won't say, you know, dot whatever. Um, <laughs> and I think they're going to be very valuable based on, um, you know, what I predict in society and, and where technology is going that relate to this word and this particular thing. Um, and so that's, that's very surgical to me. I mean, it's very much, you know, I'm, I'm going in I'm, and I'm saying, I'm going to get this or I'm going to get these. Um, and and then I'm going to register them for 10 years. So it'll lock in that price. And that's all I'm going to do. And so now I have three domains instead of 50 around that thing. And whereas I think if I were taking a dot com strategy, I would just get like every variation. I mean, I would just like completely scoop up whatever I could scoop um, that had every variation of, that, of, of the dot com because I'm just, I'm not going to have to register them all for 10 years. I'm not going to have to worry about uh, price increases. Interesting. That is interesting. So then, I mean, and, and that almost kind of puts a bow, you know, in this conversation to a certain extent in terms of wrapping up. So, I mean, obviously that, that example that, that was given in terms of being very surgical and 
what you choose to invest. I mean, that's sound advice. You know, if you're a domain investor going, hey, if I'm going out to GTLDs, I one, better not take the same strategy that I took with .com, but two, uh, taking that more surgical approach uh, when investing. And then, uh, you know, outside of that, I mean, is there anything else you know, you can think of adding in terms of someone that advising someone that's considering maybe developing or investing in a GTLD. Yeah, I and I, I kind of already touched on this when I was kind of going through sort of the Google stuff. Um, but this idea that you can't get one of these new GTLDs to rank as well as a .com is not true. It's it's a it's a myth. Um, the way. The way Google works today is about what you do with the site and the property, not that it's a .com. And, gotcha. and so, so in other words, um, if, if I were to take a .com and a .whatever, and I were to do the exact same things in parallel, they, in theory, they would both perform the same, mm. is my point. So don't be afraid of them. <laughs> but I guess that's not a domain thing. I guess that's more of a person who builds a site. But um, well, and they, and there are there are quite a few you know investors that that do uh, purchase domains, and they they actually will develop them. And so you know, to it, I go almost a different person, different skill set. So like you, uh, actually, you and I are probably somewhat in the same boat because you know both having software development backgrounds or web development backgrounds, as well as search marketing experience. You know, it's kind of just by our nature that it goes, hey, it doesn't really matter what you give us, because as long as we produce, you know, quality content, it's going to rank. Yeah. And and going back to everything I'm saying is from a very biased perspective, meaning um, I don't I generally don't do paid advertising. You know, I don't do traditional marketing um uh, i i focus a hundred percent of my time on people finding me people gotcha. finding my sites through mentions and links that's and that's, email alerts <laughs> yeah well yeah i do use email yeah but but i'm just saying um you know for especially for people who are listening because everything we've said either of us have said on this call where we maybe had a strong opinion one way or the other there's going to be an exception. And so oh, nice. I can imagine somebody listening right now going, yeah, but, and you know what? I agree with you, probably. <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning, yes, there's, yes, like, yes, there's an exception. Uh, you know, in the example you just gave, I can't disagree with. Um, so I'm saying also say, there's always an exception to the stuff we're saying. Um, but from my personal experience and my biased view and where I um, get visibility and traffic and build my brand, the place I do that, um, I think what I've said is the best way to go about it or that there isn't a downfall. But but there's there's definitely going to be an exception on a certain service, on a certain brand, on a certain thing. The, the, the way that people like to find these type of things um, isn't always the same. And, and so, um, you know, nothing that I think you said, Alvin, or I've said is 100%. This is exactly, you know, the truth and it has to be this way. But I think at least from my perspective, you know, it's, it's mostly true. 
I mean, it's mostly it fits most um, situations. Most definitely, most definitely, and I think, and I think you know, like you said, I mean that 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 perfect bow though to go. There will always be an exception, and to he or she that is the exception. More power to you, congratulations. But for those that fall <laughs> under that rule, you know, it's like you you really have to take, uh, you know, take what's being said here um, into thought and consideration. Uh, we just can't necessarily, you know, blow past it. Or if you do get ready, you know, to realize what risk may come by doing so. Well, I would hope that, uh, you know, wh- for whoever is listening, they don't need to agree with, with either of us. Um, but what I would hope is that it gets them, you know, thinking and making hopefully better decisions or maybe a different decision that keeps them from doing something that was more risky or cost them more money than it needed to. Totally. Totally. Well, John, man, that's about it in terms of our time. Uh, you know, how can users, uh, I guess, listeners here rather reach out and contact you if, should they have any questions? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm fairly active on Twitter. Um, you, can, you can find me at Henshaw, which is H-E-N-S-H-A-W. It's just at Henshaw. Um, not that I really want a bunch of people sending me messages, but I, I do have open DMs. <laughs> um, but if you're just going to like DM me to like tell me I'm an idiot or you don't agree, just, just don't like, come on, man. <laughs> like, nobody has time for that. Um, but if you, <laughs> if you have like a sincere question or you want to say something, <laughs> so, so yeah, so Twitter, uh, at Henshaw is, is the best place to find me. And, and, um, you know, there's at Coley Wolf. I have that. That's kind of cool. Um, and, you know, as far as websites go, there's coilwolf.pro, which is, uh, that's a subscription service where I have um, long form, just guides and, and, and things that I think are hopefully special enough. They're worth paying money for nice. <laughs> and, and unique enough. And then I have coilwolf.news, which is um, my site that I help build and, and get into Google news. And I even have a, a guide on how to get into Google News on Coilf.pro. So oh. it all kind of feeds off of itself. It's all it's this grand experiment uh, where I share all, all of my knowledge. Nice. Well, and there you have it. I mean, the myth, the man, the legend of Raven Tools, John Still alive, Henshaw. Still alive, not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> the living legend. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness, man. Well, John, man, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial journey as well as experience. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was a fun chat. Totally. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. So please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. And last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the weekly newsletter sharing tips and tricks about disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now. 